Welcome back to the Tigers Only Podcast, your favorite podcast for all things training, nutrition, and mindset. I'm your host, Caleb Sprinkle, and in each episode, I'll be sharing valuable education and lessons learned that I've experienced over my last 10 plus years of coaching in order to help you along your health journey. Thank you all so much for listening, and now let's get into today's podcast. Honestly, I don't think when I was like going through big cuts, when I was like, obviously competing and stuff. I don't think I ever did a reverse diet the correct way. And it's sad to say that, but I, I was one of those people that every single time would gain like 10 pounds in like three days, and then it would just keep training up. And I felt like that happens quite a bit, but it's pretty interesting now that that's kind of what we really hone in on with a lot of people because for the longest time, I didn't practice it or know what the hell it was. Definitely didn't either. I remember like one summer I lost like 15 pounds on a pretty aggressive cut and I kind of went like straight into a bulk after and like got really fluffy and was just really unhappy with how I looked and like the way I did it. And so I think it's one of those things where you think it's, you said it's funny that we kind of focus on that, but I think a lot of times we want to help the people with things that we used to struggle with. Yeah. And so you know, talking about like what we used to do, you know, people listening, we had that podcast last week where we talked about myths that we used to believe in that we used to do. Like a lot of what we do is things we experienced and that's why we're so passionate about it. And so I'm in the same boat, you know, I didn't used to know what this is. And now looking at how complicated and how individualized it can be. Yeah. Um, I think it's definitely one of the reasons that it's something we like to focus on is because it's something people struggle with without guidance. And yeah. you know, we used to struggle with it as well. Yeah. And it just goes to show that the science changes all the time because back when I was competing, like I did have coaches, like after the show off season, usually I always had a coach and it wasn't something we ever mentioned. We would go straight from a deficit to right back up to basically maintenance calories and then going into a surplus again. So it was crazy. But starting off, I'd kind of like to just talk about, I hate that we have, we do this so much. We kind of just sound like a broken record at this point, but talking about what, like what happens when people participate in crash or fad diets and usually why they gain the weight back. So I think first off, kind of just prefacing this by saying like your body's very adaptive to stressors. And a lot of people don't understand that eating in a deficit and doing a, any kind of diet, even if you have a good amount of body fat you want to lose, it's still a stressor to your body. Like through evolution, your body just sees energy restriction. So less calories coming in than normal. It sees it as like a threat to its chance of survival. So it thinks that calories are restricted because there's no food available when in reality you're just trying to eat less so you can lose weight or whatever your goal is. So typically the bigger that gap is, especially right out the gate, the more of a stress it's going to place on your body. So obviously the quicker it's going to try to adapt to that. And unfortunately the way it adapts to that is natural responses, usually two first, the first thing is if you restrict your energy really quickly, you feel lethargic. Your body wants you to quit moving. It's literally trying to make you burn less calories. The next thing is it sends a lot of cravings and hunger cues. Normally, you probably want to get like everyone has that food when they've been in like a really hard diet for a long time. They always have that one food. They're like, I don't even really care for this food, but now I want it. And mine was always white bread. Like I'm not a really big bread guy unless it's like a sub, but I would always be like, damn, I could just like smash some white bread right now. I don't know why. And that's literally your body, again, trying to encourage you to increase your calorie intake at this while simultaneously making you move less, you burn less calories. Now, a lot of people, that's kind of where they break and they like give in and usually they binge and then they feel bad and they go through this vicious cycle. But some people have the willpower to push past that. And after a while, your body's going to stop sending as many cravings and hunger cues because it doesn't want to waste energy on stuff that it's not getting a response to. And then eventually down the road adaptation occurs. And it's usually this adaptation is not 
too good for overall health and longevity. Obviously, it's keeping you alive. So that's a great thing. Your body's adjusting things to make keep you alive. But it usually leads to down regulations of a lot of systems when we're talking about metabolic activity and your thyroid, especially those are the two main ones, but also when your body's more stressed, your HPA axis. So your adrenals releasing more cortisol. Everyone knows that's the stress hormone that's being pulsated more frequently. And that, if it goes on too long, can disrupt other hormonal systems, more so reproductive hormones, which we all know have a big crucial role in how your body looks, feels, and obviously what your level of health is. So just like 10,000 foot overview, that's kind of what happens, obviously, when you decrease calories too quickly and then when you stay there too long. So, and I think one really common thing people see that it's not necessarily wrong from a 10,000 foot view, like you said, but it's something that gets portrayed a lot is that quote unquote starvation mode oh, yeah. when you cut calories super low. And so like Caleb mentioned that your body is going to adapt downward to burn less calories, to store more energy in the form of fat because it's threatened. It's not necessarily a starvation mode, more so your body trying to preserve what it has than let go of it because it knows that, well, your body doesn't know that you might be surrounded by a kitchen with a freezer and a fridge and a pantry, but if you're not consuming that food, you know, your system doesn't understand that there's things around. And so it's going to downregulate in that manner. It's not necessarily a starvation mode. Does some of your systems downregulate, you know, not necessarily shut down, but stop working as proactively as they could have been? Yes. But I think that calling it like a starvation mode is technically incorrect, but it's just kind of one of those things where people are like, oh, I'm in starvation mode. No, you just crashed really hard. And now your body's trying to hold on to everything it has because it feels like it's not getting enough. And so that's one thing I wanted to address because that's something I used to fully believe in as well. Yeah. And kind of going off that as well, you know, you mentioned that your body's very adaptive. Your body also has a great memory. And so the more times you do this, the more these feelings get remembered and the less your body wants to comply with this. And so the more times you've dieted, the more difficult it's going to be yeah. time after time after time, because your body remembers, oh shit. Remember last year, you know, when they, when I stopped getting food for six weeks, because I don't want that to happen again. And so your body's going to start shutting down and kind of downregulating some of those systems or like Kale said, maybe upregulating your HPA axis more frequently and in more of a, you know, extreme case because it remembers what happened. And so not only does your body adapt, but it also remembers. And so the more times you go through this process, the more defensive your body's going to be each consecutive time. And that's why we like to get away from these crash diets is because they don't work the first time. They certainly don't work the third time. And they're definitely not going to work the fifth time. <laughs> and that's where we have such a passion for kind of getting to the root cause and making sure that we solidify that foundation because it's just going to start becoming more and more difficult. And you're going to start seeing less and less results and therefore get more frustrated and obviously want to avoid that. Yeah. And like a very like simple way to put it, you put it beautifully, but a super way to put it is just thinking like any sports team that has to run plays first time they run a play they might trick the defense they might like they might score but if they kept running that same play over and over and over again obviously the other team's going to figure it out and they're going to adapt quicker and stop them your body just works like that because like nick mentioned the memory it's great because it again your body will always put like higher survival over how you look and feel any day of the week so i think it's important to understand that and I think once we talk about reverse dieting, we need to kind of talk about how people, once they reverse diet, how they immediately usually want to go right back into a cut and how that's not advantageous for long-term success with this, right? So some of the things that you see, Nick, when like people come to you and they kind of like give you the spiel, like I've, I've done X, Y, and Z, how do you kind of go about explaining to them like what needs to occur? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is 
as we always focus on with our clients, it's first off is total calories, you know, ma maintaining a good energy balance, but secondly is a protein intake. And so the biggest thing I typically see, and this is something that a lot of people might be like, are you kidding me? Almost all the clients that come to me are under eating, both on calories and on protein. And so I have very few true weight loss clients that are people that have been overeating who need help controlling portions, controlling their emotional eating, things like that. Most of the time it's people who are coming to me very confused, very frustrated because they're like, I'm only eating yeah. you know, 1400 calories and I'm doing all this hit cardio and I just can't seem to like lose weight. I was losing weight before and now it's stopped and I don't know why. And they're like, I know 1200 calories or a thousand calories is bad. But that seems like my only option. Yeah. And so, you know, that's typically where some of the explanatory things we go on to, you know, confuse people. We're like, all right, we're going to increase calories. We're going to drop the cardio, especially the hit cardio, all these other things that are kind of going against the grain of what we're taught and what diet culture kind of expects of you. Um, so I think the biggest thing I see is just people that are frustrated and confused and having a bad time because they're trying and they have the right intentions. Yeah. But they're just not getting the results because, you know, it's just, we've been instilled of lower calories, more cardio all the time. And yeah. especially on individual basis that's not really the right answer. Yeah. And unfortunately, like the longer you spend away from like a cut or a diet, the better your body's going to respond when you finally do it. So a lot of people, like you said, when we kind of lay it out, plain and simple, what needs to happen, it's like, like all the red flags in their head are going off because they've been taught for so long, you know, you got to eat less and do more. And no one really ever kind of goes over, even from the medical profession, usually it's just like, hey, you're a little bit overweight, you need to lose 15 pounds to be in this goal weight, you need to start working out and maybe eating a little bit less. And like, that's as much as they get, but no one wants to take the time to explain like nutrition periodization and kind of what can happen if you under eat for too long versus like everyone knows what happens if you overeat. So it's very easy to grasp that concept. But when you flip it on its head, it's very discouraging for a lot of people it's mentally pretty like worrisome when they when someone hires a coach they immediately think almost always they think weight loss like that's why i'm hiring someone to help me lose weight so then when you go into something like this and that person is like actually we're not going to be focusing on weight loss at all we're going to focus on just getting you back to a better place of health it's a little bit of a shock to a lot of people but i think it's something that needs to be portrayed more by a lot more coaches because as long as there's coaches saying weight loss and not talking about like the negative repercussions that come from just solely always trying to lose weight people are constantly going to still be feeding into that. So unfortunately, I think that's the thing that's going to be around for a while, but you just got to keep educating and pushing the right information out there. So I mean, what so the basically, let's just kind of go over what reversal recovery diets are, because I don't think we've talked about them and we've defined them loosely, but I don't think we've really been super definitive about those. So reverse dieting is basically meeting you with where you're at. Usually it's chronic under eating or chronic dieting, or just a big energy gap from activity or less in food. And it's assessing where you're at and trying to come to terms with getting you back up near your total daily energy expenditure. And we don't say getting you back up to your maintenance. I used to until obviously it was did more research on this, but you don't want to say back up to your maintenance because since your systems are down regulated, where you're currently at is probably now your maintenance. So basically to get you up to your total daily energy expenditure or close to it, you just don't want to jump your energy back up. That's probably the worst thing you can do. That's why you see a lot of people do diets and then gain all the weight back plus some because they down regulate everything and they go back to eating like what they were. So now that, that baseline is so much lower, they gain more weight than when they started. So to avoid fat accumulation, but to start mitigating that internal stress and putting your body in a better place, it's a slow process, which it's usually every week to two weeks, depending on the adherence of the client, you'll do a slight calorie bump. And that's anywhere from usually 50 to 100 calories, depending on how frequently you're increasing those calories. And the goal is each time you do that, you're basically 
going in a slight surplus for a time. But then once your body adapts and kind of equates things, your body recognizes that as your new maintenance. So you go into a surplus, your body recognizes it, and now it's your maintenance. So basically, you're increasing your maintenance over time to get closer to that total daily energy expenditure. Now, reason number one is if your main goal is fat loss, you can't diet down from 1200 calories anymore. So you need to elevate that baseline so that you could die in the, in the future. Another reason you want to get those calories back up, you want your body to be functioning at its top capability if you want to lose body fat. Because if your body is in a point of adaptation when everything's downregulated, even if you're still losing weight, I would very strongly argue that you're probably not losing the weight you want to lose. Usually this is contractile tissue. It's not fat. As Nick mentioned, the body always wants to increase its chance of survival. So usually when it's forced into a point like that, it's going to hold on to the most energy dense tissue, which is unfortunately fat. So slowly increasing those calories over time to get you closer to your total daily energy expenditure is the goal. And I also want to say if you type this into a calculator and you get this arbitrary number, just know that it's like a, there should be like a range of a couple hundred calories, because if you've been eating very little for a long time, your total daily energy expenditure may not be where it used to be. And that's okay. So if it says 2,200, you might be right around like the 1950 to 2000 range based on your current activity and how your body is functioning at that time. So that's kind of how the reverse usually works. And a lot of those calorie bump ups depend on how the individual eats. Like Nick said, if they're under eating a protein, we would usually want to prioritize that. But past that, typically those bump ups are usually carbohydrates and dietary fat, because most diets tend to remove those as the preferred macro of removal through elimination. So with each bump up, you're just slowly increasing those calories, usually through carbohydrates and fat consumption to get your body in a lot better place. Yeah. And I think kind of stemming off that, you know, let's talk a little bit about who needs a reverse diet or kind of when you can consider getting, you know, maybe into one. And I think yeah. the biggest three things that pop out to me is number one, if you've been on a cut or diet for more than like six months, just in general, whether you're continuing to lose weight or not. Number two, if you are no longer losing weight and what used to be a pretty aggressive caloric deficit. So think those classic numbers of a thousand, 1200, 1400 calories, you know, obviously if you're like a really small woman, like five foot, hundred pounds, like a hundred or 1400 calories is probably like, that's what I was going to say for you want to cut. <laughs> yeah. So obviously take that into account regularly. And I think another big one that a lot of people overlook, and especially on the side of, you know, females is if you have HA or if you've lost your cycle, and that's something that I know we've seen a lot, and mm -hmm. you've probably seen it with some of your competitors you used to work with. Yep. If you're no longer having your cycle as a female, that is not normal. And yep. that's because your body is telling you, you know, I'm not getting what I need. I feel threatened. I don't want to release all this, you know, energy and obviously go through that whole cycle. And so I think that's another big one we see is when we have these women who have been chronically under eating that tends to come back and they're like, wow, I haven't had this in, you know, months or years. I feel so much better. You know, I feel so much more normal again. And so those are the big three that pop out to me is, you know, if that sounds like you, odds are you've been in a caloric deficit for too long and it's time to start looking into one of these options of reverse recovery, um, which we'll kind of use interchangeably, but yeah, um, any other like kind of classic cases that stick out to you? Yeah. Well, I think two things that you didn't really touch on. One was the mental portion of it. Like, obviously there are some people that unfortunately don't have a whole lot of willpower. So if you've been dieting for like around like that four to six month range, like Nick kind of said anything past that, typically you probably need to come out of it for a time, but mentally, like if it's to the point where you're hating your life, you need to assess the importance and how much you value that weight loss. Because usually if you're mentally there and you're about to break and just like 
fuck up all the hard work you just did, come out of it, maintain a good amount of that progression and you can go back into it because that's, that's a huge thing we like to see. And then biofeedback, you mentioned like menstrual cycle, but like if your energy is terrible, if your mental clarity is terrible, if you're regular in the bathroom constantly, like if that's either loose stools or you're constipated, I mean, sleep, stress, all these like biofeedback as a whole, if your hunger cues are not prevalent, if all these things are out of whack, that's another huge sign, even if you're still losing weight, that you need to come out of it. Now, if you assess biofeedback and for a week or two, it's kind of wonky, that's probably okay. You could be going through something that you aren't really paying too much attention to. But if it's going for like three or four weeks consistently, your biofeedback is just terrible. That's another case in point where you're like, okay, this is my body clearly trying to tell me that we need to change something. So that's usually another good telltale sign to come out of it. But biofeedback is a lot harder to assess without someone kind of reviewing it. So yeah, that, one, that one's helpful to have someone overview it. Those are two other ones that we definitely see a lot of. Yeah, I definitely think those were good ones to touch on as well. Yeah. So what can people expect from a reverse diet? You know what I mean? Like some people expect, oh, I'm going to do a reverse diet to increase my metabolic activity. So that means, oh shit, I'm going to lose weight while I do this. And in some cases, like some people genetically, this works out perfect. Like they do lose a little bit of weight while doing this. I think the most I've had someone lose through a reverse diet was 10 pounds, but this was over like a five and a half month time frame. So I got you beat on that one. What do you have? One of my clients, she's still on a reverse. It's been about six and a half months and she's down like almost 20 pounds. That's awesome. How much was she eating? like 1300 calories and doing beach body before. Yeah. And we have her up to 2100 now. Yeah. And she's down from like 188 to like 165. Yeah. A lot of people just have a hard time with compliance over time. Yeah. And, but I mean, I have another client who came to us and she lost 70 pounds on her own, which is yeah. fucking amazing. And then she was like, I have been at the same weight for three months now eating the same thing I was eating before. She's gained 10 pounds on her reverse over the course of six months. So yeah. it, when it comes to expectations, I think... In terms of what's going to happen with your body, you need to be very open-minded and be yep. ready for it to go either direction. I would say most people maintain within three to five pounds of their original weight more yeah. so than gain or lose. But when it comes to expectations, I think the biggest thing people expect is that this is going to be a quick process. And I think that you need to be fully prepared to be in this phase of building, of adding calories, of strength training, and focusing on all the you know biofeedback markers we mentioned for at least as long as you dieted for. Yeah. I would say expect four months at a minimum if you're trying to increase your calories by seven or 800 at least. Yeah. And it's one of those things where you always hear people like, oh, I dieted for a year and that put them in a bad spot, but they're not willing to put four months into putting themselves in a good spot to die yep. again. Yep. Um, and so I think that when it comes to it, you know, just being very open with yourself about, Hey, I might lose weight. I might gain weight. I might stay the exact same and start looking and feeling a lot better. Yeah. But I think the biggest thing is that time frame because a lot of people give up because it doesn't happen as quickly as they want to. Yeah. When in reality, you know, you always hear people talk about like you underestimate what you can do in a year that goes for your body as well, not just for business or for your relationships and everything like that. And so get, be prepared to give yourself, you know, six months, I would yeah. say four to six at a very minimum and maybe longer, depending on the duration, the previous extremity of the diet you were doing or the deficit you were in, because I'm sure you've had clients that have taken longer than six months as well. It just really depends on, like you said, adherence and then all those previous factors that I mentioned. Yep. I have like a case in point where I had a client who was all in because her friend saw a lot of success with it. And four months into reverse diet, she just quit. She's like, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm like, and then I kind of just laid out, I was like, okay, so that's completely fine. Like, what's your game plan? And it was reverting back to what she was doing. And I tried to talk to her, I was blue in the face, and unfortunately it didn't go through. 
And that happens quite a bit. Like there was, I remember there was one time not too long ago, I kind of had someone on a call similar to what you have currently someone that lost a bunch of weight and I went through what needs to happen. And they decided they're like, I don't think this is what I want to do. And I'm like, that's completely fine, but please do not go to another coach that thinks you can go into a fat loss phase right now. Cause you've been dying. She had been dying for almost like a year and a half. There's nowhere else to go from here. You have to re like go back up and reset some things. So yeah, I completely understand that. Now, one thing I get, it doesn't happen all the time, but people ask sometimes like, why can they not just go back to that total energy expenditure to kind of fast track this progress? One thing is like we just mentioned, everything's down regulated. So you're going to gain probably quite a bit of weight. Like when you think of those diets, people gain sometimes 15, 20 pounds and maybe they lost 10 or 15. You know what I mean? So one, you're going to be getting accumulation of weight and just how there's a big stressor on your systems to go down that low in calories to jump back up that quickly is going to shock your body and a lot of systems too, because it's not going to have everything in order to take that much food in for over a longer period of time. So you're going to be feeling pretty heavy and just uncomfortable, especially from the GI tract standpoint. Another thing is, I don't think people realize once you gain fat or you add new fat, you don't technically lose it. Like I find myself saying, oh, so-and-so lost X amount of weight because or lost X amount of fat, because that's how people correlate like happiness and like success. Once you gain fat cells, you don't really lose them. They just shrink unless you're getting like lipo or some procedure done like that, obviously then, but so it's harder for you to then lose that body fat if you gain more of it. So you don't want to be adding more than what you started with because now you're starting from a, a worse standpoint. And that's why reverse dieting is great because even though, like Nick said, his client gained 10 pounds, she was gaining water from probably more carbohydrates. Her body, I think I saw the picture, her body changed. She gained more strength and definition. So maybe some of that was some intractile tissue as well. So that's one of the reasons you don't want to jump back up. And I think another thing to know is... If you're going into a reverse diet, we've always said that like tracking weight as your measure of success is one of the worst things mentally you can do for yourself, hands down. But throughout a reverse diet, it is absolutely one of the worst things to put your energy into. Because if you're increasing your food consumption and usually restricting it, your activity to a certain point, you're probably going to float around the same way or sometimes gain weight. So again, putting your energy into some a metric that's not going to be in your favor throughout this whole process is mentally going to be pretty taxing and draining, hands down. Yeah. I would totally agree. And I think another way we can kind of look at it is if you have not been working out for quite some time and you jump straight into a thousand rep leg workout, yeah. you're probably not going to be able to walk for a few days. Yep. That's why when somebody's newer to exercise, we start small, we start with lower sets, lower volume, and we work up to that because your body takes time to adjust, takes time to regulate up to that new workload, to that new calorie load, whatever you know, kind of adjustments we need to make. And so you can think of it the same way. When you jump into a really severe calorie deficit, you're going to lose weight at first until your body body kind of catches up to that same thing. Mm -hmm. When you add a bunch of food really quickly, the same thing happens just in the opposite direction. Your body takes all that in. And like we talked about is very adaptive and has a great memory. It says, oh shit, I haven't been getting food for the last six months. I have this huge influx. Let me hold on to this in case we go back into this kind of diet mode or yeah. you know energy restriction. And so the same thing happens where if you have not been eating a lot and you just double your calories from a thousand to 2000, all of a sudden your body's going to be like, oh yes, I haven't had this much food in forever. It's going to hold on to a lot of that. And you might not think that's how it works, but that's just kind of the way that 
our energy systems and our kind of, like Caleb said, survival mechanisms work. It's going to hold on to as much of that as possible. And the number one energy source on our bodies is fat stores. And that's how it's going to kind of go. Yeah. Like, and typically like weight loss doesn't always mean great things. And for a lot of people that are chronically dieting, like what we mentioned earlier, that's contractile tissue, which we don't want to be happening. Okay. So let's go through, we've done the reverse diet. Realistically, let's paint the picture for them. What probably needs to happen then. So obviously if you're working with a coach, we understand that you do, you probably are on some kind of time restraint, even if they say you can work with me as long as you need to, maybe it's financial reasons, whatever. But let's say you go through reverse diet with a coach. What realistically, what should they expect to happen after their new maintenance? What should they expect from there? Not to jump immediately back into a calorie deficit. I think <laughs> like we are always taught it's calorie deficit and calorie deficit. And you, if you're not somebody that is on a plan with a coach or knows what you're doing. And even then, I think you should spend majority of your time at a maintenance level with your calories, with your, you know, your energy. And I think kind of going off of what Caleb said earlier, talking about the mental side of it. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people, if you have a good understanding of food, can sit at a maintenance level without tracking your food. And therefore, yeah. you number one, get the break from that. If I'm bulking or if I'm trying to cut, I track my food. If I'm trying to maintain my weight, if I'm just, you know, I need a month off of all of it, I'll just kind of eat intuitively, you know, follow some of the rules I follow with, you know, protein at every meal, three meals yeah. a day, that kind of thing, making sure you have those guidelines in place. But if you're somebody who needs a break from tracking, if you're just now finishing your reverse diet, I really think it's important to spend, like we said, about as much time as you spent dieting at that maintenance level. Just because we got you up to that level doesn't mean that your body automatically is just back to where it should be, yeah. you know, ready to go into a calorie deficit. It needs time to adjust to that new maintenance level as well. And note how I said new maintenance level because your old maintenance likely is, you know, maybe a little bit higher, or lower. So yeah. you can always kind of use what maybe your old maintenance was as a maybe target to shoot for, but always be aware that that range of, like we said, you know, 150 calories in either direction or so very well may need to be kind of where you sit and whether you want to go into a bulking phase after or back into a cutting phase, I think there should be a maintenance phase between both of those, just to give yourself a little bit of a break from what happens to your body and your mind when you are bulking or trying to lose weight. Yeah. And so I would say, you know, sit at that maintenance phase. I like to call the main gain phases, you know, really push yourself in the gym, yeah. really work on your relationship with food, really work on some of the habits, like I said, of having protein with all three meals all the time, things like that, and putting yourself in a position to succeed when you go into a calorie deficit again, because without that maintenance phase, it's likely that you're going to drop right back down after hitting that 2000 calorie target and likely you're not going to see the same results as you were hoping because your body didn't get that time to adjust upwards. Yeah. Like I would argue if you go straight back into it after you hit like your new maintenance that you'd have to go back down to those lower calories where you were suffering just to get your body to respond because it just came out of it. Now, theoretically, you're supposed to stay at your maintenance for at least double the amount of time you're in a deficit period. So if you were dieting for six months, guess what? Like theoretically, you should stay at that maintenance for 12 months. Unfortunately, when you're working with a coach, people don't want to stay with them that long. So I would say at least give yourself four to eight weeks. I would obviously lean towards the longer one, but typically it's good to know both ends of the spectrum of kind of what you, how to correctly diet down and how to reverse back out. And hopefully if you're working with a coach, they're pulling you back out when they think you need to, not just because you want to keep dieting because they see things that you do not see. Yeah. I think that's a lot of the stuff that I wanted to talk about with the reverse diet, kind of what to expect. And I kind of want to leave people with knowing that you're not supposed to live in a surplus or in a deficit, like live to learn at your maintenance. No matter like what the energy balance is, your body doesn't constantly want to be taking in more calories than what it needs to survive because that's pretty stressful. And your body doesn't want to be 
losing calories constantly over time. Cause again, that's stressful. So figuring out your maintenance, getting there, understanding that this is where your body wants to stay helps you understand like Nick said, around the map, food you should eat and how you should train accordingly to constantly be able to change your body. Cause like you said, people don't realize when they're at their maintenance, they can still change their body's composition. You may not be dropping weight, but you can be shifting a lot of that composition to less fat, more muscle. And you don't have to be chronically dieting to get to that point. It's called body recomp. And that usually happens around maintenance calories. And then from there, deficit or surplus, it's a very time restricted kind of thing. You give yourself a set time, listen to your body and your body tells you to get out of that. You go back to maintenance and that's where you like to live. I think a lot of people just think they eat less calories and that's where they live or they eat more and that's where they live. And I think that needs to kind of be wiped clean and people understand that maintenance is where you're supposed to spend your time. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't agree more. And I think this is something that is very individualized and is very difficult to understand, especially if you don't come from a place of, you know, good body image, understanding nutrition, things like that. And so if this is something that you feel like you've maybe tried in the past and failed with or struggled with, you know, I would highly encourage you get with a coach, get with a friend that knows what they're doing, anything along those lines, because this is the kind of thing where you're trying to kind of put yourself back to a good spot and you can do damage when you're trying to do this. If you don't do it the right way. Yeah. And that's not to scare anybody, you know, steer you away from adding calories. in because if you're, you know, in those positions we talked about, any increase in calories is likely going to be a positive factor. But, you know, when it comes to those expectations we mentioned, just keep an open mind. Don't expect this to happen in three or four weeks. And just make sure that, you know, you're doing this for the right reasons and to continue putting your body in a safe and healthy position more so than to look like, you know, your favorite TikToker because you're yeah. probably not going to. Yeah. Can I say better myself? But if you do find yourself like in one of these positions that we mentioned, probably get with someone like Nick said, or just do a little bit more research, watch some information over reverse dieting, give it a try. And then obviously if you need more help after that, reach out to someone that you know and trust to help you out with this. But I want to thank you guys so much for listening. We will catch you on the next one. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening. We genuinely hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, it'd mean the world to us if you subscribed and shared with a friend. Catch you on the next episode of the Tigers Only Podcast. Oh.